Hey everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you? Good, surviving. Same here. Uh, You want to go over your trades from last week? Yeah, so taking a look here. I know we're doing this a little later than we normally do. Um, So that would have been the 24th through the 28th. So let's see here. Yeah, um, looks like on Monday, last Monday, the 24th, I sold the 30 call against my Chegg shares. Um, I think I had a call expire recently, so I had to open up a new uh, monthly contract. So I sold it uh, as the 30 call. Um, that's for February 18th. Um, so that's going to expire here in a couple weeks. Um, so I grabbed 105 bucks sell that one i think chegg was probably trading a little lower because we had this big uh, market sell off so it was only worth 105 at that point now it's worth 148 as they've made a nice rip higher but yeah i've got the shares so you know if it finishes above 30 by feb 18 then it's cool that's kind of the price i don't mind getting out at i want to say i've sold um, a couple contracts already against this thing so if i can get away with this third one um cool if not i'll just you know if they finish at or below 30 um by feb 18 i'll just sell another call against the uh, march contracts and then um i also sold a call against ewz so i think i've I've been rolling my ewz puts uh for months as they've been deep in the money and I've just been grabbing more credit, grabbing more credit. And then EWZ finally got its legs and rallied up. I think it got at or about 30 and I had a couple 30 puts. Um, and I was thinking, do I just roll them out another month? They weren't paying very much. I think they were paying like a couple bucks per contract. And I was like, if I roll these out, you know, I'm probably going to get, uh, probably going to go max profit and they'll, you know, finish out of the money. Um, but I think I was able to buy them back for like eight bucks. So I'm like, well, let me just close these. Cause right now I have like three short puts on EWZ. So I closed out the thirties and then I still had the 34 and it was deep in the money. Um, Cause yeah, EWZ finished at like 29, whatever, 90 or something like that. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, I could roll this thing out and grab another 50 or 60 bucks in credit. And probably by Feb 18, you know, they got a chance if they keep ripping to where that thing would finish out of the money. But I was thinking, well, if I just get assigned on it and I grab the shares, that's a $4 move if they are able to make it to 34 by Feb 18. So it's like, well, I can make another 50 or 60 bucks, or I can try to make 400 bucks if I just grab the shares and get assigned on the put. So that's what I did. Took the shares. Um, I had to pay 34 bucks for them. You know, they're only worth about 30. So there was that difference there. But then I went out and sold the 34 call. Um, only got 12 bucks for it. And EWZ has continued to pump. I think they're above 32 now. So now it's worth 23. 
So I'm down on the contract, but um, same thing. If EWZ finishes above 34, um, you know, I've made a fat profit by rolling puts for months and, um, you know, selling this call against it. So I'd be totally cool with that. So that's another uh, covered call I ran there after getting assigned on my put. And then um, another trade I got into was TQQQ. And I had already bought T triple Q a few times. Um, let me see here. I'm going to go back and look to see. So my last purchase of TQQQ was when they were at $61. So I think I bought some of it. Uh, markets continued to sell off and I was like, man, it's even cheaper now. I bought some more and then, you know, markets continued to sell off. So this past trade, I got in at 51.26 and now they're almost up at 65. So I'm up on the 51 uh, price nicely and I'm up on the previous purchase, which I got in at 61.53. Now they're up almost at 65. So I'm up on both of those. Um, can't see it's only showing me 30 days back but i don't know if i'm up on that original trade yet but um yeah i'm just planning on like holding this until nasdaq finally recovers um so i'm not like gonna make it a super long-term hold but i definitely want nq to recover and um you know get up to set an all-time high so i might be hanging on to it for a while um i know the expense ratio i think on tqqq is a little higher than the q's um but it's not really something I'm like going to be holding for years or anything. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, and then let's see. I think that's all I did for last week. I had a couple trades that I placed early this week, but I'll just end up covering those uh, next week's pod. Okay. Um, what did I? Yeah, last week I, had, uh, I was texting you about it as I was doing a bunch of stupid things all in succession and trying to figure out what exactly I did. So I had that, uh, had a put spread on QQQ and it was on a Wednesday expiration, uh, that ended up falling right in the middle of uh, my strikes. So I was at a 50% loss and what on this. Okay. So yeah, it was a $20 loss on that, uh, one wide I had on the queues. Um, Went max profit on my call spread I had on HES, and they're actually starting to pump. I because uh, I try and stay away from earnings unless I you know do like I did on another trade that I'll explain in a second. Um, but I was able to uh, get this on right before earnings, and I guess they had good numbers, so uh, they're actually starting to pump. And I might actually be uh, looking at put spreads on them now. And the really stupid thing I did last week was making trades before I've had my coffee, before it's kicked in. And so I spread on Oracle that I've had on for a while. And I ended up rolling it to, what was the expirations? Yeah, the expiration uh, for the puts was the 28th. So I ended up rolling it, give myself a little more time, and then things just kept on going against it. So I ended up... uh, (laughs) Opening, I tried to do a box spread opening calls uh, at the same strikes at uh, on Oracle, and I ended up doing it for the wrong expiration. I did it for the 28th expiration, then had to immediately roll it. And then once I noticed what I did, 
instead of and I sent you a picture and we're both like, what the hell did, is I think you're long an iron butterfly. And I was like, wait, I can't. It doesn't make sense. I sold two things. How am I long anything? And then <laughs> you ended up, dude, you're inverted. And I was like, oh, yep, I sure shit am. So went inverted on Oracle, uh, closed out the put spread for a $75 debit. And then after all the credits I've taken in so far, uh, if Oracle finishes above, oh, what are my calls on them? Or sorry, if Oracle finishes below uh, 84 by Friday, then after all this nonsense I've been through, then it'll be a $10 loss. So hopefully they can, uh, right now, I believe I can close it out for like seven bucks, but I'm kind of holding on to it. Probably going to bite me in the butt after all the dumb stuff I did on it. But uh, yeah, <laughs> just praying at this point that that's all I take on that that loss because I, you know, I made a lot of stupid mistakes running that. And the uh, last thing I got into was oh, I had a, a Starbucks um, puts vertical on that expired on the nineteenth, uh, and it was kind of moving against me. And the markets were selling off, and I was like, dude, I'm just going to roll this thing and uh, end up collecting $11 more credit. And they had earnings today, and luckily, actually, I'm going to pull them up real quick. They must have had good earnings because uh, it's looking a lot better, so that expires on Friday as well. <sighs> S-Books. Yeah, they're pumping pretty hard. They're almost back to uh, what they closed at, so that's looking good. And... Let me see. Yeah, that's all I had on. Yeah, man, I remember the Oracle one. And yeah, I just kept looking at it and thinking it, you were long and iron butterfly. And then, um, yeah, eventually, you know, looked at it right and figured it out and was like, oh, yeah, you went inverted. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Looking at uh, Oracle, that seems like it'd be a pretty big move for them. Um to get all the way up to 84 by Friday. So kind of taking a look at their uh, chart right now, they're kind of chopping like on the 15 minute chart, they're kind of just chopping around within a range. Um, but I guess they're in like a little bit of a slight uptrend the past few days. Um, but yeah, that would probably be a pretty decent move for them. Not that they couldn't do it, but um, yeah, hopefully they just kind of, hang out and don't have any you know any super hard rips um like we've been seeing in some stuff uh this week yeah right now the uh short call is a 17 delta so good okay. percentage but yeah that's after if i can get out of this with a 10 dollar loss i will be more than happy with all the dumb stuff i did man that was that was so stupid every step of the way i just didn't know what i was doing like before I had my coffee, like, okay, got to make a trade, got to make an adjustment. And then, oh man, you know all about it. Cause I was texting you every step of the way with big smiley faces. Yeah. I've done that before too. It's like early, same thing. Haven't had any coffee, not really awake and then going in and trying to make some trade. And then I realized like, it's not what I wanted to do or it's for the wrong expiration or like something weird happens. But yeah, man, I've been there. All right, so today you wanted to go over some of the uh, some of the new stuff over at the website and like how to back test it and stuff. Yeah, because sometimes I know you'll 
uh, tell the listeners like, hey, we've got some new stuff at the website. We got the scanner, um, but we don't really go too much into the details or like how it performs. Um, so I know you created some scanners recently uh, based on some different studies and some different parameters. And you were telling me some of the back testing numbers. Um, and I know on the NASDAQ, you were telling me futures related, um, which um, is pretty similar to how the Q's trade uh, did really well. Um, and then you even said you checked against some other stuff, like even some penny stocks, um, and it seemed to be profitable as well. So yeah, I think it'd be cool to like maybe discuss in a little more detail um, a couple of these recent scanners and kind of what they're based off of and how they work, and then maybe uh, just run that strategy on some of the tickers and kind of tell people how profitable it is. Okay, yeah, so the newest one I made that, you know, I debated if I was going to add it to the site and stuff because of I don't want people to think that it's uh, buy or sell signals. It's uh, because arrows on your chart, so it'll, you know, when a certain parameter is hit, uh, you'll see a green arrow and, you know, when another thing, like a more bearish thing happens, uh, you'll see the red arrow. And I didn't want people to think, OK, these are buy and sell signals and then, you know, end up losing money on it because they're just blindly seeing, OK, buy or sell. But I think if I just you know put that in the description that it's not buy or sell signals, it's bringing your attention to something, you know, then, you know, I'll feel good about it. Um, and that one is the VDL scan, uh, which stands for volume don't lie, just like ball don't lie. And what it is, uh, it's all my code. I didn't king any anything from anyone else's stuff like I did with the uh, a lot of stuff. I use like the TTM squeeze, and then I'll modify it and add my flair to it. And, you know, things that are important to me, like I'll add RSI to uh, a certain thing or whatever. But this is all 100 percent. I coded this thing. And what this is doing is us looking for a trending stock if it's in a uptrend or a downtrend. And also, if there is uh, higher than usual volume behind that trend. So, say if it's in an uptrend and then, you know, one day it sees a higher than average volume, then it's going to alert you uh, and you'll have like, you know, either the green or red arrows on it. So, and it's all customizable. Like, um, I sent it over to you, changed some stuff on it so that you, uh, after kind of back testing it and stuff, there's a trend length that you can determine and a volume length where it's going to look back to see, you know, what is the average. Uh, same thing with the trend. You can see, you know, you want to get into something that's in a longer term trend, then you can increase that number. Uh, you want like a shorter term trend, you can decrease it. So it's all fully customizable for like, you know, whatever tickers you're looking at. Because like I was doing it on uh, just the way I just have it set to uh, 10 uh, period so it's the trend length is 10 and the volume length is 10 and that seems to work well on like the NQ futures uh, but if you just do it on like FSR I saw that it was a huge loss but then if you adjust the volume average to I think it was eight then it was profitable so you know you'll just have to uh, kind of mess with it for whatever tickers you're trading and I'm also I was trying to figure out why it was doing that and I'm thinking it's got to do with volatility. So I might do some stuff tonight with it and try to add uh, like an implied volatility 
section to it where it'll change the numbers depending on uh, volatility. So we'll kind of back test that. And sorry, I just had to change something with the code. Um, so yeah, uh, I got it on my screen right now. So do you want to go through some, you know, ticker? And I'll let you know what the P&L is on it. Yeah, I know the, the regular futures like NQ, the minis, require a ton of buying power and margin. Um, you know, I can't trade those. Um, a lot of people can't trade those. So I know you got to have a lot of capital, but um, I think like the micro futures are a little, you know, and they trade pretty much the same way and there's a lot less margin required to trade those. So, yeah, I was just curious, like if you were looking at doing uh, MNQ, you know, how would it, what would the back test results be like over the past year, like on a daily chart? Okay, so MNQ, and this is uh, set to uh, the, well, let me explain that also. If you want to uh, backtest certain strategies, then you can do it on any uh, ThinkScript uh, type. Um, oh my God, I can't even think. Not, yeah, study. So like say you wanted to backtest if something was profitable, if you bought when you know some moving average crossed over another moving average, then you can go into the code and you type in these add order codes which you can look up online how you would uh, set those up. And then uh, just add that to the code. And then there's something, another study called floating P&L. And you can easily see, you know, it'll show the arrows when you're buying and selling and uh, how profitable it would be. So let me see, MNQ, and this is set to 100 contracts. So that's a lot of money you're putting in. Uh, after one year, 100 contracts of M&Q, you would be up uh, $130,800. And at the high, your high was 526000 So 130K over the course of a year. Um, let me see here. So if you, you know, like you're saying, 100 contracts is a lot. So if you were only doing like one contract, I guess that would have made you uh, 1,370. Uh, yeah, I could. I got to change the parameters on this when I'm doing futures to only have, you know, one contract because, you know, like you're talking about, it takes a lot of margin to have 100 share or 100 contracts of uh any futures so yeah with futures i should change it to just one contract at a time but first shares you know 100 100 shares is pretty reasonable i think yeah especially for people that like to trade covered calls and stuff but yeah that's a good point futures is like a lot different and i think they jacked up the freaking at least td did they jacked up the margin requirement on mnq i remember it used to be like I want to say like 1800 or 2000 and then when I, you asked me about it the other day I was like oh man it's almost like 2200 bucks now maybe because the markets became so volatile I think sometimes the brokers uh, jack up the margin requirement on that but um yeah maybe we could also look at like uh something like space and kind of see what that would have been um might be a lot of sell uh short entries on space the way they've been dying off lately Actually, I just set the uh, scanner. It's just going long and selling your long position. Oh, okay. So, um, 
yeah, the other it, that's you can. God, I don't want to say it like that. That you can like make a lot of money if you're shorting <laughs> something as well. But uh, yeah, for me, I don't like shorting things because it's I just too too much anxiety in it for me. So if I'm doing something like if I am if I'm bearish on something, I'll you know sell calls against it, possibly go long puts, but just like shorting stuff. It's I don't know. It's just too much anxiety for me. So that's why I set the uh, the P and L like this. Got you. Well, I'm kind of curious. Let me pull up space over the last. Um, so it's only looking for long entries right now, right? Um, well, you have the couple runs of space up to like 62 bucks or one big run there. So I'm actually curious if you if you ran that strategy against space um, on the daily for the last year. I'm kind of curious what it, you know, what the profit or loss would be there are some pretty decent swings for space over the last year but yeah since about uh june of last year it's been in a beat down but yeah it actually works really well on space with the uh the current settings because it got you told you to go long you would have went long on may 21st oh man um, then you would have sold at uh what is this uh july 1st so didn't get you out of the very top, but you know, you took a big chunk out of that thing. Yeah, you did. So you caught that big run there. And then how about later on? Did it really give you very much long entries as it bled out or did it kind of just stop painting arrows? Six, seven, eight. Uh, it's only had eight entries since then. Okay. And it's all re- looks like short term stuff. Let me see. So that's something I got to work on it too is with the choppiness. Um, that's when you kind of start losing profits. I'm noticing because, like overall, if you're doing 100 shares of space uh, over the year on the daily chart, you would have made uh, 1,415. But you're taking small losses uh, all since that big run up. That big run up, you would have been up 3,500 bucks, and then you're kind of given a lot of it back at that point, like half of it. So uh, it's when things are getting like super choppy making these small runs and then you'll see like a a buy arrow and then three days later a sell arrow and you're just losing a little bit at a time so i gotta figure out how i can mess with the uh parameters to uh kind of eliminate those and i was thinking about maybe putting like a trailing stop uh after a long entry and seeing what the pnl turns out after that yeah that's a good point um what about uh United States Steel X, because man, they're just up and down, up and down like a totally different chart uh, than space. Yes, so is the PL on the chart. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> you start off with a loss of 162 bucks, and then I mean, this thing looks like the freaking MACD histogram. You're red, and then you're <laughs> up 200 bucks, then you're down at the end of the year. That's not bad. I mean, you're putting in. Uh, let me see how many trades you're putting on, but you're only down 20 bucks. Um, let me show the report. Yeah, so you're down 20 bucks off of 17 trades on uh, on X throughout the year, and you had one trade was the biggest uh, $263 in profit. Gotcha. See, now this, I think, would be a good candidate if you sh- if you like to short things because i mean it's mm-hmm. shown a sell signal at uh 8 20 21 
and then you're covering at 10 14 21 so you could have captured all that run from what is that almost 30 bucks to uh 21 bucks mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so it's just that's the cool thing about td and why i just i can't get away from it i actually just uh signed up for a a trial on not trade station what the hell is it interactive brokers just to see what they're all about and i just i can't get away from td man because of the customization yeah i haven't even really tried too many others but yeah once you get in here there's like so much you can do it's just ridiculous um so that was the one uh volume don't lie right do you have the other one that was based um Man, what was the other one you made recently that was based around did it have like fractal energy or something in it that seemed to do well? I don't think I set up a strat I might have set up a strategy for that. I'm always screwing around with this. Well, I did that one that showed big profits just trading off of the um the momentum indicator uh like the TTM squeeze. Mm-hmm. And that was showing crazy profits. But, yeah, let me see if I did one for the fractal. Or if you have a strategy for that one, the TTM, I guess that would be cool to look at some backtest results on that one. Um, you remember what I called it? Oh, TTM histogram. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's check out that. And this is the way this is set up is you're just buying and selling off of uh, the colors of the TTM histogram, which is just the, I think, 20-period uh, momentum indicator. So we'll apply, see what X does for us. Wow, does really well on X. Uh, X, same same thing. Actually, wait, let me make sure this isn't shorting also. This may be shorting. Oh, my God, this is the worst podcast ever. <laughs> me just looking over, <laughs> checking if something's screwed up. Yeah, so this would be uh, shorting as well. So you're uh, when you go long, you're exiting a short position, and then opposite when you exit a short position, you're going long immediately. And if you did that on X, uh, you would have netted fifth. Oh wait, oh oh my god, dude! All of my strategies are so different. This is doing one share of X at this point. <laughs> okay. So you would have been up fifty three bucks off of. Let me see how many trades. And this is off of one share, so you had, you know, at most, what, like 30 bucks yeah. at risk at the top? Mm-hmm. Um, 37 trades in a year. Mm-hmm. And you so, made how much? Uh, 50, 57.76. So it's just more, a, that's more than 100% gain? Yeah, it's just a oh. beautiful uptrend on the P&L graph. Jeez, yeah, that's really good on X. What about, like... Uh, and did you say that one does short entries too, or no? Yeah, you're shorting as soon as you exit your long position, and then okay. uh, going long when you exit your short. Ah, so it's really taking advantage of both directions. What about something like Space, man? Because they have that long-term beatdown. Uh, space did really well. Hundred eight dollars and fifty cents for one share. Yep. Jeez, man, there's some pretty crazy gains. Um, huh. Would that, if you did NQ, would that do one futures contract? Uh, it should. That's a little more reasonable, you know. Yeah, I'm going to go to MNQ. <laughs> than 100. 
yeah, so uh, this is the micro. I'm on MNQ and let's see how many. Come on, how many? Oh, come on. How many trades you would have put on? All right, you would have been up uh, $29,000 in profit off of 39. Or no, that's double. So you'd be uh, 79 trades. So you had 79 trades over the year? Yeah. And what was the PNL? Uh, almost thirty grand. Oh man! On now, is that the mini or is that the MNQ micro? That's the micro. What? <laughs> well, apparently <laughs> that's the strategy I need to be using if I'm touching few, you know, micro futures. What the heck? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, that's my problem though. A lot of the times I just I buy after the big sell off. Like same thing. I don't short stuff because there's like interest and other things going on. Like. Yeah, I don't play the short position too much unless, like you're saying, I sell calls and stuff. But, geez, that's kind of ridiculous to make thirty grand when you're really putting up about maybe 2 k in margin. I mean, of course, you can lose a lot more than that. But for the margin required, that's pretty insane. Um, are there any other tickers? I want to go to uh, CEI. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Hey, you could have made money. <laughs> a one share of CEI, uh, well, you probably made a lot of it off of that shorting at the top, but uh, made eight bucks. What? Yeah. Okay, hold on. And this is on the daily chart. Hold on a second here. So when's the first trade entry? Were they at like a buck fifty, two bucks, or where's the first entry on that? Uh, they were at a high of 147. So you got in at 147 for your first trade on this thing. And you walk away with like a 400, it's more than that, hundreds of percent gain over the year. Well, your first entry was a, it was actually short. You shorted it on um, February 2nd, and then you covered on, uh, that was this, a couple days later on the 9th, and that was for a loss. Mm -hmm. And then you went long at that point and then yeah after that it's just all green there's not one time that you're back in the red after that okay man that's crazy well i guess it has some really good results on that yeah that surprised me too because i've built <laughs> this strategy god years ago and i just i didn't do anything with it didn't look at it because i'm just constantly screwing around with thinker scrim thinker scrim thinker swim scripts yeah. and just like trying new stuff and you know so i may have made this thing and never even put it on a screen yeah that's interesting what about something like uh fsr they make some pretty good up and downs not a, maybe not as much as x but uh just trading the ttm histogram you would have been up uh, 63, 68. Wow. Yeah, there's some peaks in there where Fisker was trading at like 30 bucks or 20, 25 bucks. But yeah, that's still like massive gains. Well, I guess I need to start trading more off the TTM squeeze. Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> was doing really well when that was like my main indicator. And then I always squirrel out and I'm like, oh, wait, there's a new cool indicator I'm looking at. And, you know. But yeah, that always, I did pretty well with it. 
So is this really just looking at something is squeezing and then it fires to the up or the downside? No, this has nothing to do with the actual squeeze part of it. It's just the momentum uh, oscillator. Okay, so just the histogram bars or whatever. Wow. Well, man, well, comparing those three, I guess I need to really start. And looking at the histogram on a lot of this, too, um, yeah, there's, it does look pretty, um, does seem to do pretty well, except there was that one big move down there. Uh, it looks like March 29th of last year, where the histogram bars started to turn yellow. And it kind of looked like, all right, we're trending up and going to recover. But the thing just continued to sell off and go lower. But then a lot of other points throughout the year, yeah, it seemed to do do really well. Yep, it's momentum indicator for you. Hmm. Interesting. I'll have to play with that one a little more and uh, do some more backtesting as well and then put it to use. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about... Uh... I say about thinkorswim is you can do that with any indicator you like and you know you don't have to put any capital towards it you can see well what if I would have traded using you know the MACD or whatever when it crosses over uh, when it crosses the mid the zero line or you know whatever then you know you can quickly go on thinkorswim and check it out and see you know what it would have did over the past year yeah, definitely. It's going to give you more confidence for sure when you actually backtest it and you know, like, hey, if I would have been trading off of this strategy or, you know, these buy and sell signals, um, this is what it's going to do for me. So, yeah, that'll definitely give you some confidence. Yep. Cool. All right, man. Uh, did you have any tickers you were looking at getting into next week? Um. So let's see here. So I went over the FXI and, or let's see, the TQQQ, the EWZ, and the CHAG. So, yeah, probably going to be looking to get a trade on on FXI. Um, I have the, I have some shares right now. I think I let, I can't remember if I let myself get assigned on a put or if I just bought shares. I think they had made a decent move down. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to buy some shares of this and sell a way out of the money call. Um, so I'm probably going to be looking at that. And then also uh, I'll be looking at that for March, I think. Um, and then also GDX. I've been selling puts on GDX for several months and it's been working out really well. I think that's like gold mining ETF or something. Um, so I'll probably sell a put on GDX for the March monthlies. All right, guys. Only I was only looking at one, and I tried to get into a trade today, uh, and almost got filled on it. But it's just kind of not a lot of liquidity there, so it never filled. And uh, I was trying to sell calls on UUP, and you got to go pretty because it's kind of cheap. Go pretty close to money to get anything out of it, but. Uh, still wouldn't fill for anything because the bid ask was just insane. Um, but yeah, just looking at their chart, it looks like they're ready to reverse right now. And that's all I was looking at right now. Cool. All right. Do you have anything else you want to go over? Um, no, not much. Futures are up big right now. 
Uh, NQs up almost 1%, big surprise there. Uh, S&P up about a half a percent. Uh, Bitcoin futures pretty flat. And then um, Dow is pretty flat as well. Well, hopefully Starbucks rips and Oracle dies. I need to get out of these stupid-ass trades. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. I'll see you on the next one. All right. Catch you later. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos. You can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.